I'm Dr. Pete Economo, the East Coast psychologist. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin, the West Coast psychologist. And this is When East Meets West. Well, sometimes I like to be authentic and sometimes I'm not sure if I am, but, you know, it's sort of like a, a, a chameleon. I think overall I'm mostly authentic, but Nikki, what do you think about authenticity? Uh, I, well, that's, I'm laughing because I'm like, oh, I think you're very skilled at practicing it. Um, so yeah, um, no, I, authenticity is a value, uh, that, um, I feel very connected to. It's something yeah. that I, uh, practice, uh, quite a bit personally and professionally. I talk a lot about it with my, my supervisees actually, as they're learning to become therapists, right. How to balance. I wish yourself. I had a supervisor like you. Oh, that's very sweet. I wish I had a supervisor like you. <laughs> <laughs> that was not authentic. Yes, it was. I know. It totally was. It totally yeah. was. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's so important because um, I think what you're getting at a little bit and what you just said is that we can, we like being a chameleon, we have many yeah. different roles that we play. Yeah, so yeah. authenticity is something sort of deeper than that is what I would argue. Yeah. Like, and I guess I, I yeah, I just dove right in because I, I guess, yeah, because I, I, there are times where because of our roles, I feel less authentic in a given situation. You know, mm. so like if I'm, you know, it's kind of like when people are, you know, discussing politicians or like, I don't know, we've got mm. like governor things going on now. And it's like, how authentic are people in the public life, you know, and, you know, from my, from my stance, I'm going to say, you know, that they're, it's a job, you know, they're not That's fully true. authentic, you know, they're, they're really, they might find some authentic values underlying mm -hmm. maybe, but then also mm -hmm. maybe not because it might just be paying the bills. No, I, I think, um, I think that's very true. And, and I think, you know, the, this is where actually I'm, I'm glad you use that example because I think we want to be really careful to distinguish authenticity from honesty. Cause I think yeah. this gets confused a lot of times oh, with people, right? Like, cause I think, Honesty, you know, is a value as well. And honesty obviously means like sharing truth, right? Sharing yep. facts. Um, certainly authenticity and honesty oftentimes go hand in hand, mm -hmm. though. I think the reason I want to sort of be careful with that is that we may choose not to share every truth and right. we can still practice authenticity. And of course, the reason I'm thinking about this in this way is in our roles as psychologists, right? right. So right. we, you know, and even on this podcast, you know, Pete and I share some things about ourselves though. There we're more um, private about our own yeah. lives because in therapy, we don't want to take up that much space, right? It's yeah. about making space for the patient and, you know, among, you know, the other reasons though, I still feel very authentic when I'm in that role. And so I often say to patients, I love that you're, I like this. Oh, oh thank you. Yeah. Um, I've got, I'll say to patients, I'll say, look, we different roles mean that we speak in different ways. We wear different clothes. We yeah. share, don't share different things. And I, and I'll say like, if you saw me on the street, you know, talking to a friend or something, I would say, look, I might be dressed a little bit differently, or I might be using slightly mm -hmm. different language than you hear, or very different language than you hear me using in session. I'm like, but I would still feel like the same Nikki. Right. And that's, it's like, we can't measure it, but it's like, we know 
You know what I mean? This is where we're yeah. gonna, we talk about this in other ways in other episodes. It's like the stuff we don't have Western tools to measure yet. Yeah. Though humans intuitively, we know authenticity when we feel it from in ourselves and in other people. Well, and also like, uh, what is that? Um, Jim Carrey's liar, liar movie, you know, like no one could be 100% truthful. <laughs> sure. I mean, sure. I don't know, half the listeners probably never even seen that movie, but, <laughs> but I mean, it, for the listeners, like also, if you've never been in psychotherapy or curious about it and kind of tuning in about that, you know, mm-hmm. as psychologists and even, and that's why Nikki was saying about this, this, uh, when East meets West, that we are boundaried around what we share around ourselves, even though we're our authentic self, you know, that we are yes. still going to be characterologically kind of, you know, similar to who we are with friends or on the street, but in a boundary way, because that's how this works. And the APA definition of authenticity actually references psychotherapy because it says mm-hmm. in psychotherapy, genuineness and caring demonstrated by the therapist or counselor uh, through a down to earth attitude that the client senses to be a reflection of the true person and not simply a, a, of a professional acting in his or her professional yes. role. Yes. Good job, APA. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's right. It's like there's something again, that's why I'm using the word intuitive. Like, yeah, I like that. We sense it, right? Yeah. Like we sense it well, and we sense it and, ourselves. And we say, like, there are certain groups, like, say, like adolescents, like they have the bullshit meter, you know, like, right, right. You, you know, you can't pretend yeah. to be something. If they say, like, a right. song that I've never heard of, I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, right, right. No, you know, I'm right. going to be like, I don't know what that is. So now you're just making me feel old, you know, right, <laughs> right, right. Totally. Well, yeah. and I think, like, Look, people can struggle to connect with their authentic selves because of certain contexts they'll find themselves in. Like, you know, I think uh, maybe a great example would be, you know, we've all felt imposter syndrome at some point, right? Well, no, break that to find that because someone may not know what that is. Okay, sure. So imposter syndrome, uh, by the way, it's not, this is not a, it's not really a syndrome. It's sort of a, like a med school term. term. Yeah. Yeah. They talk about that in med school. Uh, well, I think in any field that's, I mean, it's just True. sort of like out in the world. It's not like you're it not is gonna, in any field. Dive. You're right. Why did I just yeah. say that? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Cause it feels, cause it feels diagnostic, but it's not right. It's not well, actually, I think I just got confused with med, med school syndrome where you're diagnosing yourself with every like medical issue. Isn't that oh, a yeah. thing? Well, yeah, but it's kind of similar. Like it's not, it's is just it? sort of that's like right. a, Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, so imposter syndrome basically means like when, um, we were in some kind of role and we feel like a fake, right? So people can feel it in anything. People can feel it. Like you're a new, if you're a new parent, you might feel imposter syndrome. Like, Oh, how can I call myself a dad? Like, I don't feel like a dad. I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Or, you know, we, so most of us are, you know, familiar with that experience and it can be really difficult to connect with our authentic selves while, taking on a new role or being in a, in a position where, mm-hmm. where there's a lot of pressure, or a lot of expectations put on us. Right. Yes. And then that can lead to engaging in inauthentic behavior. Yeah. Which everyone can, again, you can kind of, you smell that and that's yeah, the intuition you, that. you talked about. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, so how do you teach, how do you teach your supervisees about that intuition or authenticity? Well, intuition, of course, it's another episode that we did. So we won't get into that, I guess. Um, but authenticity, you know, again, all roads lead to mindfulness. I, I, I really help them start by like being in their bodies, right? Yeah, like I'll yeah. say, like, I want you to pay attention to like, roll, like get in a mindful body posture, like roll mm-hmm. your shoulders back, put your feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. And I'll also highlight moments. So in, when we're uh, supervising uh, students, uh, we watch uh, videos of their therapy sessions because uh, students work under our licenses when we're supervising. So right. I'll also highlight moments in session when 
they seem like themselves. Like I'll mm-hmm. actually say to supervisees, you know, there was a moment in the session that seemed like you. And yeah. then I'll ask, did you feel more like yourself in that moment? Mm. And usually they'll say, yeah. And I'll be like, okay. And that was different than this other moment where it sounded like you were trying to emulate something I said, for yeah. example, yeah. to, you know, just being, being yourself. I mean, does that, how, how do you do it? It's beautiful. Well, I'm also sitting here thinking, God, you're so good because I think a lot of us kind of breeze through some of the videos or the audio recordings, <laughs> but I think you as a good behaviorist probably look and give them some incremental good feedback. So you're again, I would love if you were my supervisor. (laughs) Pete's pizza. I've got a Pete fan club today. I'm really into it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, you know, authenticity. So we could think about it in the real world, you know, Mm -hmm. in your professional world, you know, and uh, it's almost like that sort of, you you know, you always, um, it it is that sort of boundaried feeling or boundary vulnerability with, with, with others. Yeah. And it's, well, you know, it's, it's just really interesting you brought up when you said like intuition specifically, not just intuitive sense. I think it's also a feeling that we have within ourselves when we're connected to that core sense of ourselves, you know, like intuition or, um, you know, obviously in a lot of Eastern traditions, like the core self, I I'm also of course thinking about values. Like that's often a way I try to help people connect with authenticity as well. Like I'll say again, when you're focused on what you connect with, you're being your authentic self, yes. right? Like, cause it's something, you know, my apologies to the listeners. It's, it's almost hard to put words on, right? No, I think you've like, done a good job with it. No, oh, thank, but, but do you know what I mean? I mean, do you agree with that though, Pete? You know what I'm saying? It's like, as we're talking about it, I'm like, w- like we're um, like, we're using language the best that we can to describe what it is. Yeah. Though, you know, I recently read a quote that I found really helpful. It's like, but the language is the the map and not the territory. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like yeah. we, the, like authenticity, like we're, we're using the map to describe it, but it's not the same thing as the territory. It's something that we yeah. feel like well, you said, we smell it. Right? And we're That's saying it from a clinical lens. So I think it's also, I think it will be helpful and tangible in the real world because I, there are times where you'll, like you said, you'll be yourself say at a concert, you know, yeah. but you're also going to, you know, maybe let go a little bit, or maybe be a little bit more reserved because the person you're with is letting go more. And that that's why I start off by saying, like, I think yeah. there's a million uh, aspect to this. And maybe that's just because of like, you have also said is the intuition, you know, so you sort of know when you need to, you know, scale it back or, or dive right in. Yeah. Well, so I think the dialectic here would be that what, what's changeable right. is the behavior, right. Mm -hmm. That we're we're doing in in a given context. So what we say, how we're dressed, you know, like how, I don't know, like just anything that we're doing Yes. and the authenticity piece is feeling like oneself across Mm -hmm. contexts. Right. So, you know, I would ask listeners to think about like, when, when do you feel yourself? Like it's, gosh, I guess I would even say, when we're connected to authenticity, there's an ease perhaps kind of that. Mm -hmm. um, I like that. Right. That we can then bring to whatever context we're in, whether we're behaviorally letting loose or being more buttoned up. Yeah. Your sense of who you are is very, for me, I mean, I guess I'm speaking my own personal experience when I, I feel very grounded, I feel very solid, um, yeah, I don't know. Does that resonate with you at all? Well, I was uh, uh, I was uh, meeting with a, an executive recently, and I realized that I 
it was like the second meeting we had. It was more social, even though it's a colleague and um, and who uh-huh. happened to be an executive one of the worlds I'm in. And so anyway, like she like disclosed something to me that I had said the first time we met. And I was like, I said that to you the first time we met. I was, you know, and my reflection was, oh, I guess I felt comfortable and I was being pretty authentic with you because mm-hmm. I shared more than I probably would have. Or it just shocked me that that she, that I had said this thing to her uh, about like, you know, I kind of name dropped in a way, mm-hmm. which I don't do often. And so it was really. <laughs> <laughs> right. You were like, oh. Well, and I think maybe that's an example though of um, where authenticity and honesty can be linked, right? So like when we, you know, we can, I don't know, when we feel really ourselves and and really safe, sometimes we might share more though. Again, I think I would just be mindful to say that you can still feel really authentic while not sharing everything that's going on in your head because it's more of a again, not a clinical word here, but it's like a yeah. vibe, right? It's yeah. like a vibe that you feel and a vibe you put out. Yeah. Um, Brene Brown wrote on this as we've referenced her before. Yeah. And she says, if you think dealing with issues like worthiness and authenticity and vulnerability are not worthwhile because there are more pressing issues like the bottom line or attendance um, or standardized test scores, you are sadly, sadly mistaken. It underpins everything. Mm, you know? I, I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, I yeah. Worthiness, absolutely... authenticity, vulnerability. I mean, these are all things that, you know, they connect a lot to what we're talking about in terms of like behaviorism and really mm-hmm. thinking about the East because, you know, the, the, the gift that the East has brought to what you and I do in behaviorism mm-hmm. is this idea of connecting to worthiness, yes. authenticity, vulnerability. Cause you know, I don't know that some of the first waves of psychotherapy would have done it in the way that we're doing it today. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, look, I think any, um, any skilled, um, student of, or teacher of human, <laughs> human experiences, you know, yeah. so be it in, you know, modern Western psychology or, you know, ancient, um, you know, Eastern spiritual practices, I think, I think anyone in that regard is attuned to authenticity as an important part of human experience. Yes. So I totally agree with you that it's, it's, not something maybe that we uh, we we targeted as concretely yeah. in in earlier forms of it's certainly not in earlier forms of uh, behaviorism right we were just focused on changing behavior right. though you know in in the third wave you know authenticity becomes a part of uh, it's a value right yeah. so it's something to connect with it's this thing that's intangible and yet somehow tangible at the same time. Something that, again, we know it when we feel it, we know it when we see it. Yeah. And, and earlier years or practices of psychotherapy, perhaps I'm going to say maybe even encourage people to be inauthentic at certain times. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking of, and this is like a very like narrowed um, example, but like it was 1973 that homosexuality was removed from mm-hmm. the DSM. And so right. if you went to a therapist at that time, they would encourage you not to be gay right? because then it was, you know, not, right. you know, cause there was this pathology. And so even today we, so what I'm thinking then is about like multicultural competence also links yes. really nice to the work we're doing to say like, Hey, how do we help people find their authenticity? Yes. And, 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 and be that, I mean, and then that goes to what we say a lot on this podcast, right. Which is that there's no one right way to be a person. That's right. Right. So there's no one right right way to be a person. There's no one right way to, uh, to do things. And, you know, it's connecting to your own inner wisdom as a human being, right. And this, again, I, I never really thought about it this way until today, but it, it, it's really linked to intuition. I think in my opinion. 
Well, we've, we've said that a lot today. And yeah. I think just some other science, um, you have Kernis and Goldman in 2000 had the authenticity inventory. So for any listeners out there and, and for us social scientists, we have a measure for almost everything. So <laughs> there, there's an authenticity inventory. And there were four key factors that they study, which are uh, self-awareness, unbiased processing, behavior, and then relational orientation. So that's, that's, that's authenticity, you know, um, how self-aware are you around who you're being that chameleon piece, mm-hmm. this unbiased processing. So non-judgmental sort of mm-hmm. view of who you are, the behavior. So knowing, yep. you know, wh- how you act in certain situations yes. um, and then relational orientation. So your interpersonal skills that you implement. You know, I, I mean, I think that's I, nicely broken down in what they, what they were, um, assessing though. I'm actually surprised that there's not an emotional component they assessed. Well, self-awareness maybe that's more cognitive or, or whether it's, or behavior, like, I'm sorry, not cognitive. It's more behavioral. It's like, like, I wonder about the, um, like, well, okay. So that the connection so, part, well, right? so again, just cause we didn't, cause our, we'll, we'll get to our published, our producers on this, but the definition of the self-awareness factor is knowledge of, and trust in one's own motives, emotions, ah. preferences, and abilities. So there okay, you are. I mean, you're so, you're so you. wonderful. <laughs> it's my, it's my number one fan today. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But of course you picked up on that because it, it's, it, it would have been, I, I had it in front of me, so I was reading it. Um, but also I think of like emotional intelligence, and so mm-hmm. awareness is self-awareness is always how they define even emotional intelligence. So for me, that sure. links immediately. Sure, sure. No, yeah. um, well, and I've of course, since it's a, a measure that's going to be uh, defined behaviorally, though it's uh, yeah, that because I guess to me the the emotional component piece is what um, like stands out most to me. I think because yeah. I I think again humans tend to get confused between like practicing honesty behaviorally and practicing authenticity. And it's like, well, they're, they're similar though. They're not exactly the same thing. Authenticity is something, again, it's that vibe. I keep, you know, coming back to today. That vibe. I love that you're saying that. Yeah. And so I think for listeners, think about what it is that, you know, you connect with and, 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 and really are you being authentic, but also when is it important to be authentic versus that it's okay when you're not doing so non-judgmentally with compassion. And uh, I don't know any last words before we wrap up. Cause I can't imagine that we're already at the end of how authentic, and I think you and I do a good job of being authentic here. Yeah. Cause I think what well, at least, you know, I, I only speak for myself like that. That's a very, that's a value of mine, right. Yeah. It's practicing authenticity. And so I would, I guess I would encourage people to say, to, to see how can you practice authenticity across contexts, right? So, right, right. So you can, you know, you can be more open or be more closed and regardless of where you are, you could be alone in your house, right? And you can still be be authentic. authentic. I love that you just said that. So I'm going to end with a quote from Michael Jordan, who better to talk about authenticity. Yeah. I don't know why I just said that, but here it goes. (laughs) Authenticity is about being true to who you are, even when everyone around you wants you to be someone else. This has been When East Meets West. I'm Dr. Pete Economo. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin. Be present, be brave. This has been When East Meets West. All material is based on opinion and educational training of Drs. Pete Economo and Nikki Rubin. Content is for informational and educational purposes only. 